I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fallout Bar night number seven. We have done a week of these already, Cam. How many, how many dance games have you done the maths yet. Uh, myself, Jack Obadawa, joined by Cam McFarlane. As ever, it feels like this week, buddy. Um, how are we doing after today's action? Yeah, it seems to be me, me and you most of the time, doesn't it? Um, just dragging it out for everyone and making it a much longer episode than what they want to listen to. But <laughs> it's what it is. Of all the wafflers that we have on the team, <laughs> this is yeah. the worst competition. Me and you. At least, at least we've not got Jarlath now, otherwise it would be. That's when it goes longer than ever. Um yeah, it's not too bad to say. I say that. I had a lovely positive test this morning, so I'm at home now for the next seven to ten days, which is not not fantastic, but it is what it is. Other than that, the good thing is I can focus on the darts. I don't have to go to work. We told you, do that at Q school. Perfect time. We need you in the daytimes, not in the evenings. You're no good to us. <laughs> <laughs> I joke, I joke. Good evening to everybody in the chat room. Popped a few up on screen. Uh, Svendetta, good evening from Germany. A very good evening if you are German this evening. What a result for Florian Hempel, by the way. The star eyes emojis are back from Rose. She does also say get well soon. There's absolutely nothing wrong with him. He's a bit northern, but, you know, can't treat that with antibiotics. So it'll be absolutely fine in the morning. Um... Let's quickly throw back to yesterday before we get into the show too much. We start a little bit early, which is a couple of minutes um, more to, to play around with. Um, last night, we didn't play you any clips of any of our interviews. Um, that was because they weren't ready in the software yet. Um, the last interview took a little bit too long. So what we do have for you before we start the show is James Wade's clip from last night. It talks a little bit about festivities. He was last on, so this one probably wouldn't have made the show anyway. Um, but as a little bit of a bonus, we're going to play that for you now. So here is James Way talking after his victory yesterday. Then we'll review all of today's action and then we'll look ahead to tomorrow in our usual fashion. And, I, and I'm not being funny. After Boxing Day this year, 
there's got to be a lockdown, you know, and we're all going to have to adjust to it. And I'm sure the PDC, fortunately, it's run by some intelligent people and, um, you know, we're, we're all going to have to adjust to it. No, no, I just, I just want to see um, people happy, you know. Um, should I tell you the best thing about Christmas? Um, family members arguing, making it feel uncomfortable at the dinner table. If you can get that in any household, you've got the perfect British Christmas. And um, I, I honestly believe that as well, you know. Um, you know, uh, me and Samantha could just do Christmas with me and Arthur and um, my wife. Um, and who knows one more. Um, but... Um, no, no, I think, I think it's brilliant, you know, you know, I, I hate it, you know, when my, I've got to word this in the right direction, you know, my mum and dad, Samantha's mum and dad, we all come together and um, it causes ruptions and um, oh, it's hard work, but we all love each other and we all get on and we all abide um, and I'm sure every single person in this room, if they're honest, has experienced that, you know. Um, that's part of Christmas, isn't it, you know? As long as Santa comes and visits the kids, and that's what it is about the kids, um, you know, it's, it's the most amazing time of the world. I'm guessing Monopoly. Most amazing time of the world. <laughs> most amazing time of the year. Yeah. So, I'm guessing Monopoly's fun in your house then. If that's, if no, that... <laughs> no, no, because me and Samantha always argue, and it goes a little bit, step too far. I mean, has, has no one else argued over, like, Monopoly and all that stuff? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my, me and my wife have, like, had, like, um... <laughs> not domestics, but like proper like arguments that makes feel everyone else in that room feel uncomfortable. And I think that's all about Christmas, you know. Um, it's a fest festive um, time, and you know it's, it's it's quite magical. Oh, I love James Wayne. I love it to pieces. Yeah, it just made me just realise everything that I'm now going to miss this year because I don't get to go and do any of that. <laughs> And if you don't get James Wade, I don't think you ever will get James Wade. He's just, he's just a character, I think. Um, a few more in the chat room saying hello. Teresa says, oi. I think that might have been because I said the only thing wrong with you was that you're northern. Um, she seems to take offence to that. Um, being from the same area as you actually can. So she is, that. yeah. So nice to have a little bit of backup for once. Tyus says, bad evening from Belgium. It was indeed as, as good an evening as it was. For the Germans, the Belgians have not had a good one. Uh, Juanita, woohoo! I wonder who you're talking about there, Juanita. Could it be Raymond Smith? Um, Rose says this interview went off on a bit of a tangent, as does our show sometimes. I thought it was very relevant. And Henry says, uh, Evening, fellas, been at the Panto tonight. Oh, no, you haven't. Uh, <laughs> so to see Hempel <laughs> win. What an open quarter to draw now. Indeed, that quarter is very, very tasty um right cam let's look back at all of today's actions we're going to go in match order as we tend to do which means we're starting at the very beginning and actually there were an awful lot of whitewash victories today which means there's a lot of big enough for players to do a lot of perhaps negatives about some other players or lack of performances and we should breeze through these pretty quickly um louis williams the new prince of wales uh, not quite sure how we feel about the welsh as good as the Welsh are at darts, by the way, they are crap at nicknames because they've recycled two now, the Iceman <laughs> and the Prince of Wales. So yeah. be a little bit more original, folks. It's fine. Uh, Louis Williams, 3-0 victory over Toyokazu Shibata, um, who was very, very impressive in qualifying. The field was massive, uh, was strong average throughout, coming through the uh, Japan qualifier, um, but just never got going against Louis up on that stage. They had a professional job, 
by a youngster that's up and coming. Yeah, very impressive, I thought, from Louis Williams today. I thought he they were both making the debut up on that stage. It's, we know how tough that can be at times. And Louis looked really composed up there for me. And I thought it was it was a very professional job. Um, obviously, there wasn't a lot that came back at him. Um, Shabata didn't play particularly well. I think he was 20 points down on what he averaged in qualifying for the for the tournament, which is is kind of a massive fall-off, but it's also probably quite understandable with the fact that he's coming from not having that much practice, never playing on a stage like this before. It's, it's very, very different, and Louis just handled it better today. Yeah, pretty much sums it up perfectly, mate. Lack of Asian tour. I think Shibata was meant to be in the Japan World Cup team. Don't hold me to that, uh, but was obviously unable to play in that as well. Uh, Lou Williams been on the tour this year, picked up some big wins against some big names uh, throughout, but a professional job done by him. Some stats from this one then, as we don't have the third person to waffle on, we'll fill with numbers tonight. Uh, Louis Williams finished with 93 match average, uh, Shibata had a 75.17, there was three 180s for Louis against none from Shibata, and 40.9% on the doubles for Louis, rounding off a pretty impressive stat line uh, to the 16.7% of Shibata. Uh, Marcus says the Asian players really need the Asia tour back. Completely agree. Um, the, the players that we're seeing that have qualified this year, uh, we know a lot of their names. Um, they've been superb. If anybody does follow the Asian tour, you've seen what these guys have been doing for the last couple of years. There was uh, about 18 months ago, Elagan and Malik Dem are both hitting nine darters within the space of a couple of weeks of each other. The Asian tour, when it's fully flowing, is so beneficial to these guys. Playing regular, competitive, steel tip darts is what Asia needs now because they clearly are capable of producing the players. They just need the match practice. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I think that's the thing, isn't it? Uh, we've seen it so much. The players that have played in, in the live league and the players that have had lots of competitive action, it's really helped. And where they wouldn't have had that usual, as much practice as they usually have, in terms of sort of tournaments elsewhere, it's, it's helped, and I think the Asian players have really missed out on that. Yeah, they have indeed. On to the second game, Cam, and again, one by a slightly even bigger margin, to be honest. Uh, Lou Williams dropped just two legs against Shibata. Jason Lowe dropped just one leg against the Swede, Daniel Larson. Ten points difference in the average in this one once again, and that is including an absolutely disastrous opening leg in which both players missed a ridiculous amount of darts at double that obviously hampers the averages straight off the bat. Uh, but Jace, Jason Lowe, J-Lo, uh, showing that he brings all of the wins to the block or something along those lines. Did we, did we have to go there already? <laughs> I can't make puns. What am I here for? Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, it was that first leg was was really bad it was uh, i think it was double one in the end was it that he got over the line on uh, which he went double one the next leg was double three i was waiting for him to win the set on double two i think that would have been a, the first time ever three the, the lowest three consecutive doubles have been hit to win a set um but yeah yeah it, it, well, it wasn't great was it it was and i mean i don't think it was particularly that good from jason Law after that there were a couple of big checkouts in there but other than that there was a lot of a lot of poor visits and only averaged eighty eight himself in the end, but it was it was comfortably enough to beat beat Daniel Larson say who 
he's better than he showed. And I expected a bit more of him. I thought it might be fairly competitive this game. I fancied that Lowe would get himself over the line, but not maybe quite that comfortably. Yeah, we see Larson in the World Series earlier in the year. I heard a stat on commentary that he's just not won outside of the first round for a long, long time. Um, he's, he's on a terrible record, and it seems to have carried that here to the biggest stage of them all. Jason Lowe, last couple of times we've seen him up on a big stage, has been in Minehead, really. Uh, ran Michael Van Gerwen close a couple of years ago, had chances against Gerwen Price this year. We know he's a capable player, but he will have to step it up another gear or two if he's to keep progressing in this tournament. Uh, the stats in this one, uh, Jason Lowe managed to find five 180s despite only averaging 88. Uh, two ton plus checkouts for him, 31% on the doubles and an 88 average to Daniel Larson's 78. Uh, Jason Lowe does move on though to round three. Nope, that was the final round two game. So round one game, sorry. He'll be back for round two on Thursday. Is that right? I think so. Yes, uh, yes, you'll play Jose de Salza on Thursday in the final game in the afternoon session. Yeah, those two games we've just spoken about were the final round one games of the World Championships this year. We are into round two. Uh, everybody now playing, or at least every game, will have at least one seed player, so one of the top 32 players involved. Hopefully we start seeing those averages creep up a little bit more, Cam. Um up next, the only game that went to five sets all day, and there was a chance it didn't get anywhere near this because Ryan Joyce came out of the blocks absolutely flying. He was averaging 106 after two sets. Uh, had Mervyn King exactly where one of them looked like he could take out 166 if he left it for him. His finishing was that good for the first two sets. But then Mervyn King wins nine straight legs, three sets in a row. Uh, we've seen some strange games from Mervyn King at the Ali Pali, especially in this format, and it's, today was no different. Yeah, can we move on from this one already? No. <laughs> it's actually one of the biggest stories of the day. Everyone else was 3 0. Yeah, I know. And with our lovely friends at Boyle Sports, I may have backed the upset and been on Ryan right Joyce to win this one. So, not the most enjoyable watch for me after the first two sets. Um, yeah, it was it was a dramatic fall off from Ryan Joyce, um, and you can't <coughs> do that against Mervyn King because he will punish you. Um, two players that you can't do that against. It's either King or it's Wade, and you you fall off like that against them, and they're just going to punish you. And Joyce just never looked like hitting a double. You he had quite a few chances again after that point, and you just never thought he was going to hit them. He didn't get particularly near to any of them. Um, they weren't, nothing was on the wire. They were all a little bit far away. He was missing them low quite a bit as well. Um, so, yeah, it just crumbled a little bit under the pressure of getting towards the winning line. Yeah, I mean, both players finished with the same number of double attempts. They both managed 20, but it seemed like everything Ryan Joyce left for the first two sets, he took out, and everything thereafter, he simply didn't. He didn't get anywhere near them. Uh, stats in this one, 92 average plays, 93. King winning with the lower average. He did fire in six maximums, though, two-ton pluses, including the Shanghai, and 50% on the doubles. That's a difference there. Mervyn King holding it together when he needed it the most, uh, especially in those last three sets. Uh, we're now going to hear from Mervyn King. He is one of the players that we have his interview clip ready for you. A reminder, 
but all of these interviews are available in full on our YouTube channel once we finish tonight's show. Uh, hop over there and watch them at your own leisure. This is Mervyn King in his post-match press conference. Um, I felt it was mine halfway through the third set, really, to be fair. Um, things started to change and I, I was starting to feel a lot more comfortable with the way things were going. Um, I still had a couple of heavy shots, but uh, he, he didn't capitalise on them. Um, and I, I took the third set. Halfway through the fourth set, I'm thinking, this is mine now if I carry on, because I think he's gone. Um, and it sort of appeared that way and it carried on. Another bit of the Merva, a reminder that our friend and colleague Lee Boyce has backed Mervyn King to win this quarter of the draw. And oh my, has it opened up. He wasn't, he definitely wasn't posting in our group chat. He felt really, really bad for jinxing Merv. Or he was, uh, yeah, he didn't feel bad for jinxing Merv, did he? Because he, he didn't want Merv to win, but then because he's backed him, got away with it and was giving it the, that's just how Lee works, isn't it? Yeah, I think he just, he was quite happy to have jinxed him, but also didn't want to have jinxed him so he could see he was right. I was a little bit confused with what exactly he was saying at that point, but I think, yeah, it looked like the Curse of Lee Boyce was out as usual, and <laughs> then somehow it magically turned around. If you're on the wall, the Curse of Lee Boyce does not apply. Them be the rules, I've decided. Although that might be completely different by the time we finish this World Championships, because I will have moved house, and I'm not even sure if I'm going to have a wall behind me. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, or on the internet. This could well, tomorrow night could well be my last show until Q School. <laughs> yeah, you've... I'll be honest, if you don't get it sorted in the next couple of days, you may not have a wall whatsoever or any walls. Oh, yeah, I'll be fine with that. Don't you worry about <laughs> me. Uh, on to the... Oh, that's a great point. When King plays like that, you have to wonder why he hasn't won a PDC major uh, because he was 9-0 up against James Wade in the Masters and then fell apart. That's how he's never won a major. Yeah. That one probably crippled him. The most, again, Masters final against Johnny Clayton earlier in the year. Johnny got it going. Uh, what else has he been in the final of? Um, match play, maybe. yeah, maybe. I can't. I'll be honest. I can't remember off the top of my head now. Don't know. Something like that. Merv is fantastic on his day. He's fifty-five now, I think. Um, and the fact that he's produced arguably his best season on tour ever uh, in terms of stats-wise, it more turn plus averages. He's hit his highest ever average um, in PDC TV darts this year. Um, and he's still going, still competing. Imagine if Mervyn King went, no, that's enough. I'm off to play in the World Seniors Tour. He would go in as a heavy favourite, I think. Oh. Yeah, still got some superb ability. It, it's mad how many players in this field are over the age of 50, by the way, but have tour cards and choose to still compete. The minute they decide to drop off, that Seniors Tour gets even stronger. We might see some of the really old boys start to go, I've started this, but I'm off for that. These young folks to get out like like a, a secondary seniors tour, like just masters tour for over yeah. <laughs> Premier League players and the Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah, that that has done close to uh, onto the final game of the afternoon session, um, and it was a pretty much I say one way traffic. The numbers don't suggest it that way. They both average. 96. Mike Dedeka much more solid on the straight tons. Level on the 140s. Uh, Chisnell with the extra 180. 
Uh, but finishing from Chizzy, absolutely superb. Nine from 26. Mike Zeka just four from 10. Um, Mike Zeka was, he won his game in the first round. I don't want to say he's pretty impressive, but he looked like he'd banished that poor performance from the Grand Slam coming into this. Um, played all right. 96 average, not to be shrugged at, but just in, in dart, sometimes it's all about timing. And Chisnell demanded the right things at the right moments, Cam. He did, absolutely that, because if you look at it, they had exactly the same average, even down to the the hundreds, um, and it was, they never actually had a higher checkout percentage, but it just shows that Chisnell's overall scoring was just, it just clearly just gave him more opportunities at the double push by hitting him at the right time, and then there was a couple of magical finishes in the 130 and the 146, which were just hit at the right times, and helped him get over the line it was and get over the line pretty comfortably it was just it's that whole thing of just winning the legs when you need to at the back end of sets yeah three two three one three one the set scores for dave chisnell absolutely no surprise to see him open the tournament and open his account with a maximum still have absolutely no idea how the man does it his action is one of the least aesthetically pleasing and technically sound actions in the game. It's just so ropey. Uh, but Dave Chisnell continues to make it work for him. Um, and after his heroics last year, beating, was it Dimitri and then Michael Van Gogh yeah, in that yeah. performance, um, Dave Chisnell could be set for another world championship run after a good showing here. Uh, on to the afternoon session camp. Um, and a result that perhaps is a little bit disappointing. Vincent van der Voort beating Adam Hunt in straight sets. Hunt actually finishing with a better average by three points. But van der Voort winning them crucial last legs in the first two sets. 3-2, three, 3-2. Two, three, two, and then just running away with that final set. 3-0. Very, very similar to the Chisnell game in that Adam Hunt's actually averaged more, hit more 180s and hit a higher percentage on the doubles and lost 3-0. <laughs> just... It doesn't make a lot of sense, the stats sometimes. This is why they are a little bit irrelevant at times, because it is just about doing the right things at the right times. He had to, <coughs> to win those first two sets, and it could have been completely the other way around this game, but didn't hit them. And Vincent punished him and went on. And then I think by that third set, the hunt was kind of a little bit done at that point. I think Vinny had taken everything out of him at that time. I think once you win back-to-back last leg deciders in the way that, that Vincent does, it's a little bit difficult to come back. Uh, Warren says Hunt losing that second set was criminal. Four 180s in the first two legs. Got to make the most of it. I would say set play and just reset you and keep knocking you back constantly over and over again. Leg play, you've always got that target right in front of you. Rose says this match really didn't look like a three. No, I think he said that about the last two, to be honest, yeah. uh, and possibly even a couple more uh, throughout <laughs> the day. Um, but that is the way that it finished. Um, on now to match number six of the day and one of our contenders for player of the day, Michael Smith, with an outstanding performance, the highest average of the tournament so far, 106.32, in a game that did look like 3-0. Cam Michael Smith absolutely blowing Ron Moulinkamp away, 16 points better off in the averages. Ron Moulinkamp winning just one leg. If Bully Boy carries on that form, maybe, just maybe, he breaks his duck at the biggest tournament of them all. 
if he carries on like that, he, he does. Um, it's not it's not a maybe. If he plays like that throughout the entire tournament, entire tournament, he will go on and win this tournament. But that is a very big ask to do that over the course of of the worlds. He was very impressive today, though. It was, I think he he actually probably flatters Moon Camp a little bit. That the average only ended up sixteen points different because I think it was thirty different in set one, um, and then it's sort of narrowed down a little bit after that, but. To only give your opponent two shots at a double in the entire match as well, playing six one eighties as well, and, and, and just <coughs> and finished to kick off the first leg as well. It was it was very good from him. It was indeed a little bit of jest from Bully Boy as he went up on stage to speak to Polly James afterwards. Oh no, it was in the walk on area. Sorry, wasn't it? He went. Um, I'm just glad he won a leg. That's the sort of ruthlessness you yeah. want to see from Bully Boy when he knows he's got the better of someone. He's been talking a very, very good game throughout the year, was disappointed. He was left out of the Premier League. Could a run here sneak him back in? Because Bully Boy throwing 106 is the sort of player you want to see in the Premier League, perhaps. Uh, let's not let Phil Bars hear us say <laughs> that. Uh, Warren says Smith was on it from the off. It looks effortless on the trebles and doubles. He just has the ability to do that. His action is is so smooth when it's on, when it's off, and you see him start walking on that final treble. There's a little bit of a rock and almost trying a little bit too hard. The release can start to falter as well. But when Bully Boy is on it, he is absolutely superb and a joy to watch. And tonight was one of those occasions. And I did mention that he spoke to Polly James, but he also came and spoke to us after his match. This is Bully Boy in his post-match press conference. You say I've slipped down, I only slipped down to ninth. So I'm not, I've not slipped that far. I've never, like, all these critics that look at me and say, oh, you've never won nothing, but I've been here for seven years in the top uh, top ten. So it's not like I slip and move and slip. And I've been number three without winning the tournament. So <laughs> I'm not forced. I, I don't slip. I still I defend everything that I've done. And yeah, I still win the pro tour every now and again. It's about winning that first one now. And as soon as I get that monkey off my back, it's, it'll be a different story then. So I have nothing to prove to anyone out there. It, it's about me. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I know. I believe that I should be winning events now. And then I can't keep saying, oh, I'm unlucky. Where to the next one? Where to this one? Where to that one? It's I can't keep saying that. <laughs> I was saying that when I was 20. Now I'm 31 now, so I've only got, what, 10 years left, 11, 12, hopefully. Interesting point, but he, he, it's a good one that he makes. He's another five barren years without a trophy. Perhaps Bully Boy starts edging towards that conversation with Terry Jenkins, Mervyn King. Will they ever get over the line in a big one? Uh, he's clearly got the talent. He's been tipped for so, so long. It would be one of the anomalies in sport if Bully Boy does not pick up a major televised title. Um, Cam, on to our penultimate game of the day then, and quite possibly the biggest upset of the tournament so far. We have lost two seeds before this moment in Christoph Ratajski and Stephen Bunting, unless we lost one as well last night. Let me just double check. Oh, you're right, just the two. Just the two, perfect. It's almost like I know what I'm talking about occasionally. Um, but Dimitri Vandenberg has been sent crashing out of the Alexander Palace uh, by a superb performance by the German Florian Hempel. Yeah, it, Hempel was very, very good again. Um, he basically 
Sorry, my voice is absolutely giving up here. Um, yeah, he was he was really good again. He, he impressed me a lot in round one. And I thought it was, I don't want to take a lot of credit for it, but I was watching along last night and giving my predictions as we went as we went in the chat. And I did predict that Hempel would actually beat Dimi tonight. And it was more comfortable than I thought it would be. I thought it would get over the line sort of last night. Did you not predict it as well? I think. I think so. Yeah, I think you did. I don't know. I'm just not sat here bragging about it, which is what the face was for. Well, that makes it. Yeah, that's probably a first for you, to be honest. Uh, that you've not tried, not tried to set that opportunity yet. But yeah, I thought it would be tighter than it was. I thought we would maybe go kind of all the way in this one and go right up to right up to the tiebreaker. But Hempel was just so good on the outer ring and. No matter what Dimi threw back at him, I mean, Dimi's averaged 101 and got beat 3-1. It's, it's a little bit ridiculous at times. That, did he not lose last year as well with 102 as well, something like that? He's, Quite possibly. He's making a knack of winning whilst playing. Well, look, Dimitri Vandenberg is a special player. You don't win the match play without being so. Um, struggled to perform at times. But has found himself in, in two televised finals. Um, yeah, just, just got sucker punched by big checkouts and, and composed finishing from somebody with such inexperience just, yeah it's it's another another little example um of having that experience of being a professional sportsman and already knowing about dealing with the pressure and things like that it seems like he's got that it in his locker already that nothing's gonna phase him those transferable skills are absolutely massive for him. And if you'd have told me that Florian Hempel would ease through Martin Schindler and Dimitri van der Berg, look, not saying that wins weren't on the cards for that. That was one where you looked at him and thought, okay, if he turns up, yes, it's on. Um, but to cruise through Martin Schindler 3-0 and then only drop one set to Dimitri van der Berg, Florian Hempel is in a very, very good position. And in doing so, a reminder that one of... Florian Hempel, Raymond Smith, Steve Lennon and Mervyn King will be a World Championship quarter finalist this year. We did target that section two of the draw as being nice and open. Jim Williams managed to do a job on Joe Cullen tomorrow. James Wade is the highest seed remaining by a clear amount. We've already lost Ritaiski from that section. Uh, Devin Peterson also fell in that one, as we will talk about very, very soon. Um, and obviously Dimitri Vandenberg also. I found uh, right now that Florian Hempel is the favourite to make that quarterfinal. I would struggle to disagree. Mervyn King with a comeback today, though. He, he has got a bit of experience. Depends which Steve Lennon turns up. He's been... Look, I'm, I'm not backing against Steve Lennon. The man's done us in twice no, in two already. It's a bit like every time you back Willie O'Connor, the man seems to turn something back against Willie O'Connor. He's like, I heard that, and does something to yeah. prove us wrong. Hempel for the Premier League are the calls. Uh, <laughs> Hempel doesn't even have a Wikipedia page yet. Don't I know it? Because when I was trying to do some research earlier in the year to find out what handball level he played at, etc., there's nothing. I think there's one article from somebody else that managed to catch up with him, but his stats and that, it's just absolutely nowhere. Hempel is the new Sherrock. Mm. His T-shirt isn't quite as pretty. No. <laughs> uh, Hempel beat right and Dimmy in majors. Good start for a person who just started four years ago. Unbelievable. Yeah. Someone that only started playing darts four years ago. Cam could only dream. He's been doing this for nearly 40. Look at the state of him. 
Forty's harsh. There's no need for that. <laughs> you are a bit old, though. I'm a, a bit old and I'm certainly feeling it today. So I'm looking for a bit of sympathy from the chat because I'm not feeling very well. Please. Uh, Warren says, who can the winner of that section face in the quarters possibly? I'll give you a rundown of that quarter too. Uh, so Hempel Smith, it's Hempel versus Smith, Steve Lennon versus Mervyn King. Uh, the winner of those two games face off in the fourth round and one of them will be in the quarterfinals. Uh, James Wade or Vincent van der Voort is a third round tight in the other half of that section. And then you've got Joe Cullen, Jim Williams, Simon Whitlock, and Martin Clearmacker as the other players still in that part of the draw. So one of those 10 names will be a world semi-finalist. Wade, Vanderbilt, Cullen, Williams, Whitlock, Clearmacker, Hempel, Raymond Smith, Steve Lennon, Mervyn King. Um, Clearmacker against Hempel in the quarterfinal of the Worlds. That'd be the tallest quarterfinal in world <laughs> championship <laughs> history. They are both very, very big gentlemen. I don't fancy interviewing them too, I'll be honest. <laughs> Bill. <laughs> it's a good job they all get to sit down then. Um, that quarter is looking more than ever. Not a bad side of the draw for any of them. Completely agree. Um, it is a bad side of the draw though for Devin Peterson, because he is out. Uh, he yeah. loses in straight sets. Once again, that was the order of the day uh, to the Australian Raymond Smith, uh, starting off, carrying on where he left off against Jamie Hughes. Another 93 average for Raymond Smith um, in another solid performance camp. Yeah, really, really good again. Just consistent on the scoring. Just it's a very much he was pretty much at that average throughout the entire game he didn't drop off he didn't come back and he was just really good and again well over 50 percent on the doubles as well if you keep averaging that and doing that on the doubles you're going to be difficult to beat and we know Devon's not playing particularly well he's not been in great form recently and it was almost a little bit of an easy pick against him if if smith turned up and did what he did again in the first round which he did unless Devon found something which I think there was one leg possibly where he looked like he'd found it, maybe a couple. Uh, but then other than that, <coughs> never really in this one. Yeah, indeed. And uh, Devin Peterson was on the live lounge a couple of weeks ago ahead of this event. Uh, I know he's been talking to a couple of people as well, saying that his injury feels good. He was hoping to go to the players to just settle himself in and really make a run at these World Championships. But Raymond Smith has put an end to that in superb fashion uh that cam brings to an end our review of yesterday just two more days to go before christmas and the round two games to complete and now we're going to look ahead to tomorrow chat room you know the draw score whatever right now um fire in your predictions as we go along through these matches to we'll try and flash as many of them up on screen for you, um, and just a quick one, Lee Seymour says, was I seeing things, but did Dave Chisnell and Mike Zephyr get the exact same average today? We're not they seeing did Indeed, 96.43, I think is the number. Let me just Exactly that number, you, number. you are right. Number. Need to get out more. I know. We both, uh, as if we both knew that, straight off the top of my head. <laughs> Completely. Right, let's look ahead to tomorrow before we get called Anorax or something bizarre. Um, first game tomorrow. Could, how on earth is this game first, by the way? An absolute belter of a game to get underway. The nine-dart final leg sends Scottish sensation 
Willie Borland takes on heavy metal Ryan Serkan. What a way to start the day this is tomorrow. Yeah, it's a little bit good, this, isn't it? Um, I, I, I don't know where to go with this. I've absolutely got no idea. I've been thinking about this since before we started the show, and I was thinking, what am I going to predict? And I still don't know. Um, it's going to be tough for Bowen to follow up what he did in the first round. I think that might be the biggest point here, and I think maybe we see Searle just have that little bit more in terms of the experience and possibly just get over the line. Three, three, one, I think, I think you might just do it. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Look, Sales a major finalist. He made the final of the best championships ahead of this event. Uh, what Willie Borland did was a superb matchup against Bradley Brooks. And actually the pace of Sir will suit him again, but there's a lot of pressure on that young man's shoulders right now as well, he's done an awful lot of media this week. He started a Twitter page that night and is already on 22,000 followers. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, and yeah, look, just to go up to try and repeat it with everybody watching, um, I more eyes on him. I know everybody's watching regardless, but it, it'll be a bit an expectation now that wasn't there. Yeah, and we'll see how he handles that. If he handles that pressure, then we've got Star in the making because that's yeah. not easy to do. But if not, Ryan Searle, solid. He can just take legs away from you uh, without even realising it. Those last couple of legs to stay in the match against Peter right at the Players' Championship Finals were superb from Henry. Yeah. Um, and I think this one ends 3-1. Henry is predicting four seeds going out tomorrow. Humphreys, Durant, Whitlock and Highbrex. Ooh, you can't be saying Kim's going on my show, mate. You can't two of the biggest Kim Highbrex fans in here. You can't... Can we kick him out of the chat room? Is that possible? <laughs> Give him that's boots. <laughs> I gave him my boots if he wanted to jump on the show as our third. But after that, I'm glad I didn't. Can't be coming in here and saying that. I would have been clicking you off my screen very, very quickly. Uh, on yeah, to... It does happen as well because it happened to me the other night. That. <laughs> Correct. On to match number two tomorrow afternoon. Then Cameron is one that, without being respectful, a lot of the unseeded players will have fancied their chances against. Uh, Glenn Doran, um, we know how much of a turgid year he has had, takes on William O'Connor. How do you see this one, though? I heard a couple of bits and pieces that Glenn's been practicing a lot and seems to be picking up a little bit and doing doing quite well. And it'd be good to see him get back to playing well, but until I actually see it in front of me and see any evidence of it, and then I, I can't go with anything but backing the form player at the moment, Willie O'Connor, who's been playing really well recently, and backing to win comfortably. And I, I'm taking 3 0 Willie O'Connor. Until I see anything from Durham that proves to me that he has found a, an improvement or a change or just a bit of confidence back, I, can't, I just can't even give him a set. Yeah, I listened to his interview in full with Phil, an exhibition up in Newcastle a couple of weeks ago. Um, and he said he was nervous going up on stage to start. He fought back uh, to win his match and started playing some good stuff and dragged his average up to mid-90s, which is superb. Um, but look, I almost feel bad talking about it because I, I, I know Glenn is one that will take on board more what's being said than a lot of players. And I don't want to say it, but I just think the occasion, the year he's had, the overthinking that will go on in, in Glenn's head ahead of tomorrow 
if those first six, nine darts in practice don't start going well, or the first time he throws a bad visit, that's going to be the real tester. And if, if it doesn't click straight away, I fear for Glenn that it will just be a, a long battle up on that stage. Um, I think I'm going to have to go 3-0 um, to Willie O'Connor as well. Steve's finally found the chat room. Hello, mate, but you're about five minutes late on that one. We're on to game number two. Catch your stream up. <laughs> Good to see you, buddy. Hopefully see you in Reading at the next qualifiers as well. Uh, really hope Glenn plays well, but it will be 3-1 to Willie. Do we think Glenn will hand his card in if it goes bad tomorrow? Not the way he was talking in no. that interview that I've, I've just referenced there. Um, his main aim of going to the World Championship to win a game, knowing that he's not in a great deal of form, is that he was hoping it will click next year, but he just wants money on his ranking, so he's not dropping too far, because much like Raymond Van Barneveld, when he started to drop, it's a lot easier when you're chasing and, and accumulating than it is seeing that money come off and having to go to places to defend it. Um, so I don't think he will give his card back. Um, I think he might possibly be a little bit more selective over some events and that sort of thing, but I think the only way that Glenn Durant finishes PDC is if he cannot, um, if, he, if he loses his tour card outright. I think he's a fighter, he's a, he's a three-time uh, BDO world champion, um, and I think he's, he's not about to, to give it up and throw it away any time soon. Uh, Steve says, Glenn will find his form, mate, I'm sure. I'm glad you are, mate, because a few of us are a little bit edgy about which Glenn Durant will turn up. Tomorrow, uh, next up, Cam, um, <laughs> the Ruby John Rodriguez um, show, or the RJR show continues. Uh, Roby John takes on Luke Humphreys, a battle that I have seen in person numerous times on the development tour at the latter stages, obviously from behind the barriers because I was no longer involved in the tournament. <laughs> but these two are superb, um, know each other very, very well, and will go up there and give each other a real battle. They will. This is... This is possibly the tie of the day. I think this is going to be an absolute barnstormer. It's going to be just back and forth. I think we're going all the way in this one. And I think we'll see Luke Humphreys just get over the line. <coughs> it's going it's going long, this one. 3-2. You know what? I tend to agree with you again. Um, um, what is going on here? We, <laughs> it's just having two of us on isn't working because we're just being <laughs> with each other on everything. I think Roby John has, has added a, a dimension to his game that means he can he can scrap out results now. But I just think Luke Humphreys' is, is A game is beyond Roby John's by a significant margin on TV from what we've seen throughout the year, that UK Open final uh, where Luke met James Wade. Uh, that performance against Michael Van Gerwen to get there was absolutely superb. We said that a couple of times recently. Yeah. Um, and I just think that if, if Luke turns up for a set or two like that, his scoring power is absolutely ridiculous, which has just put an awful lot of pressure on the outer ring for Roby John. And as Tommy Tornado says, Humphreys loves the world. He does he indeed does he love does a run at Ali Pali. Uh, RGL will find it tough against Luke already having been through the pain in the first game Luke wins it for me 3-1 uh, on to the final game of the afternoon session, former BDO World Championship runner-up and live league winner Jim Williams 
takes on the rock star Joe Cullen, another player can that struggled for a bit of form in the back end of 2021. He is, yeah, but I don't have the same sort of worry about him in this one. I wasn't particularly impressed with what Jim Williams did in getting through his first round game. <coughs> Cullen's level when he's on it and what we've seen him do at the Worlds before now and on the big stage before now is just, he has a higher level and a higher gear that he can go to. I think we might see a little resurgence from Cullen in this and that he finds a bit of form again as well, finds a bit of confidence and I think he'll win 3-1. Maliki has ever been the awkward one. I'm pretty sure he's the only one that has backed a Williams victory so far. And that is the way it is staying. Where's Brandon, by the way? Which two did I call him out on last night? I feel really bad for oh, it. <laughs> I can't remember which they were now. I hope I was right. Someone's He's been very quiet, so it can't have been. I was going to say, I'm sure you'd have been told if not. I would have been told by now. Why wasn't I told Wayne Mardle? Um, <laughs> I got it wrong. Um, I'm going to say 3-0. Yeah, I, I was tempted with 3-0, to be honest. I was... 3-0 to Joe Cullen. Stuart says, need those fantasy team points. Come on, Cullen. Good reminder. We'll yeah. take that, that league before we disappear. I'll just get that one up on screen shortly. Um on to the evening session cam and there's absolutely no need for me to predict who is going to win this next one for you um i just need to hear which scoreline you think nathan aspen is going to win by <laughs> i think you could probably pick that one as well i think he's going to win comfortably and i think he's going to be 3-0 and i'm not biased at all <laughs> Yeah, after that big intro I gave me, you're not biased at all. Brandon says, Michael Smith and Raymond Smith matches, God. Did you back Moulin Camp? I hope you yeah. did. And did you back Devon? I hope you did, because then I was right. <laughs> I, I was watching, I should remember this, but you were giving me that many jobs last night when I was just trying to sit, sit around and watch that I can't remember. Well, yeah. you did a report after this as well because we missed it. Uh, Marcus has yeah. asked 3 0, 3 0, 3 1, 3 1. Who does he play? My bad. Sorry, I was too busy giving Cam abuse. He plays Joe Mernon. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, they asked 3 1, they asked 3 0. Uh, Warren says Mernon win a leg. Uh, ask 3 zip, 3 zip, 3 zip. Look, I don't, I'm not sure that Joe Mernon can play as badly as he did in the first round. And there are still. No news over Nathan Aspinall's injury. He was struggling a little bit with his elbow, was wearing a support on it um, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, so with that in mind, I'm still going to back Asp, but I'm going to say 3-2. I'm going to say he's stretched, and I'm going to say he's pushed by Joe Mernon. And I'm going to say Aspinall sneaks over the line 3-2. Uh, and then take some time over Xmas to recoup. Brandon says he did back Moon and Camp and Peterson. I got something right. Hallelujah. I don't brag on this show, honest. Uh, uh, what were you saying about me before? <laughs> three, two, two, Nathan Aspinall. Next up, a game that has been given a build up promo by Sky. We've gone from four days of Fallon Sherrock to. Dirk Van Dijvenboda against Boris Koltsov. This is truly the strangest world championships yet. Um, who wins this one, buddy? Um, 
big fan of Boris Kolsov, and I think he's actioned really, really nice. And <coughs> we've not seen a lot from Dirk recently. So I think this is where we see an upset. And I think we see Boris Kolsov win this 1-3-2. The meme matchup. Um, plenty of everybody in the chat room going DVD. I really like Boris Kartsov and I think he has an absolutely superb A game. But his lack of a B game is a worry for me here because a couple of years ago, Dirk also did not have a B game, but he has learned to build one in the last couple of years where he's gone in now with a target on his back because of that run at the Grand Prix, because of that run here. Couple of, last year when uh, Gary Anderson took him out of the event. Um, so because of that, I think Dirk just sneaks in. He's just able to up his game when he needs it. Just that little bit. I know you said we haven't seen an awful lot of him, um, but I still think he gets a result. I'm going to say uh, three. I'm going to go three, two again, actually. I'm going to say tomorrow night's sessions go pretty deep. Uh, three, two to Dirk van Dijvenboda. For me, penultimate game of the night, Cam. We've already given Henry some stick in the chat room for saying Kim Hybrex falls, which surely means, as, as much as Steve Beaton is the living legend of the years, we're both putting a three next to Kim Hybrex's name. Yeah, we we all love Steve Beaton. We everyone loves Steve Beaton, but that was a massive effort for him to get through that first round game with everything that he had to go up against and. With his recent record and what what he's done recently, I, uh, I I've just seen that from Henry there. I was thinking exactly the same when they were going on today. I was like, "You better not do that while he's playing." Um, yeah, I think it will have taken a lot for Beaton to get the <coughs> game, and it, a lot of his focus will have been on that. I don't think he'll have that same focus up against him tomorrow, and I think we'll see Kim run out a three-one winner. Yeah, look, I know Kim's had difficulties trying to even get to this event. Uh, he tried driving initially, and the French border police turned him back. She had to fly in from Belgium instead. But he is in the country and ready to go. Um, and like you said, there was so much talk about Fallon and Steve B. And in this build-up, I think a lot of attention, a lot of time, a lot of effort for Steve would have been focused on that match. Um, Boris, uh, not Boris, we've already spoken about him. Kim Hybrex has started to look very, very good this year. And I'm a little bit excited about that because I am one of man's biggest fans. He's absolutely superb in full flow. Um, so I'm going to say Kim Hybrex wins this one. Exactly the same scoreline as you, Juanita. I'm going 3-1 to the Belgian, whoever it was earlier that said bad day for Belgium. You'll have a better one tomorrow. I don't promise, but I would semi-guarantee it. That, that's yeah, how don't, it don't promise anything. Don't yeah, promise never promise anything. anything. <laughs> never promise anything. Apart from James Wade is the greatest man on the planet. Uh, final it's game of tomorrow. Um, and it is uh, another Australian. There's a record amount of those folk clinging around in the World Championships. And they actually bookend. Uh, they close tomorrow night's session and open uh, Thursday afternoon. But there's Simon Whitlock against Martin. Clear Macca, there's some serious height on this stage tomorrow, Cam. But which one comes out on top? Um, I'm, again, a very big fan of the Wizard and always like to see him do, do well. But I don't think he does tomorrow. And I'm taking the upset again. And I think that 
I don't just I just fancy that Clear Mac have played okay in his first game, but he has another level to go to. Um he, he said as much in his interview afterwards with Phil in that he, he he got through that first game without really doing anything particularly spectacular and that he's got a lot more in the tank and just not so sure that Whitlock is the force he was and I think this is where we see him get dumped out and I think he'll get dumped out 3-1 I'm a bit in between on this one Clear Macca's scoring is fantastic I think his doubles is something that needs to be worked on um, I think that Whitlock's had one of those years where he never seems to disappear too far. He always seems to come straight back. But he's had one of those years where he does take a little bit of that gift. He's tinkered about with his darts a little bit more than usual this year as well, I think. Um, I still think he just comes out on top there. And I'm going to say it's another 3 2. I'm going to say the Wizard beats Clear Macca in a final set. Warren says, thank God it's on last. The board be no good anymore. <laughs> Some of them already. You can see the players that are yeah. customers of Simon Whitlock throughout the week. Um, some of these boards have taken a little bit of a battering. Uh, I reckon it'll be fine for Wizard as long as the bells are ringing and the band begins to play. I'll do the puns around here, Sam. Less <laughs> of that. If anybody tries to make me lose a certain Christmas-based song game, I will fall out with you massively. Um, let's take a look at our fantasy league i'll get it up on screen for you now folks bradley monker still leads the way 93 points for him uh, he's had michael van gerwin and johnny clayton dave chisnell today adrian lewis ricky evans fallon Cherokee, keen barry he just has nathan aspinall to add to his tally then uh, Ryan Brown is in second on 92 points he has joe collins still to add to his tally uh, Sean McArdle still up there they've been top for the last couple of days they've still got Rob Cross to come in and play uh, Smith played still got Jim Williams to play again and Alan Suter to play again so that one could be very interesting and then he's in the chat room look Steve Cadman on 88 points uh, still got Alan Suter to play again got Ryan Sell to play and Rob Cross still to play keep an eye on this one Charlie from the team is in fifth place. He's just a point behind Steve. Uh, Phil Bars has snuck up into the top as well. Of course he's got Michael Smith in his team. Of course he's got Bully Boy. Uh, get him in the Premier League. And Barney, oh my, wouldn't give me the Barney alarm, but he puts Barney in his own team. Uh, and Lewis Henderson rounding out the top ten as he's level on points with Phil Bars as well. I'm not going to dig too far into the rest of the list because it'll be embarrassing to see how much further down the list my name is but that is our update we're still working on what first prize is going to be uh, Phil Bars will be trying to get something signed from the Alexandra Palace probably a program or two um, but we will let you guys know as soon as we have that confirmed for you um, Cam, just two more days to go before Christmas. Um, tomorrow night will be my last show of the week. I have Thursday night off as I am heading back to Oxfordshire for Christmas. I'm also moving house on the same day. What an eventful Christmas this is going to be. Um, it but is I'm for you, mate. Yeah. I'm going nowhere. <laughs> 
it's all right. It's good. You can take my spot. Uh, yeah, I was meant to be, but I am staying in on a transfer soon. You have on that part of the draw, uh, first prize spot in the Premier League. Maybe we'll get on the blower to uh, Matt from the PDC. Malik says too many, I presume. Is that a reply to how many boards you think Whitlock goes through at home? Apparently yeah. not. He says he doesn't damage his boards at home when he uses his manufacturer's boards. Say, clearly, has a very different board. Yes. I think... I tend to think it's an issue with the way that the darts are retrieved as well, not the way they go into the board. Yeah. It seems to be pulled out. If they were twisted or wiggled out a little bit, I don't think they would leave as much. Um, Emery says free tickets to the Torremolinos Open. We would never subject anybody to that terror. Uh, Jack says, do you guys think Fallon will be in the Prem? Um, I don't. Um, I know there's a lot of call and a lot of clamour for it, but after the performance against um, Steve Beaton a couple of nights ago, I think after hearing Wayne Mardle say it as well, I, I just didn't think that Sky would or PDC would, would listen and, and say that actually the Premier League can damage players. It, it can ruin players, and I don't think Fallon is ready. She has performed a couple of times at the level required to compete in the Premier League. Um on TV in PDC events, but there have been multiple times where the average it's, it's been competitive, yes, but it's not been mid to high 90s Premier League competitive level. Um, that is a big step up. Uh, uh, Rob Cross averaged 92, 93 for his Premier League campaign last year and got relegated. It was a tough 10 weeks for Rob Cross, and I'm fearful that Fallon Sherrick would be in a similar position. She might produce the other night of absolute brilliance for 10 weeks against the best players in the world. It'll be a little bit too much. Um, and there's a chance, actually, that we've been saying this for a long time now, Cam. Maybe getting a tour card is not the best thing for Fallon either. She still get a World Series invite, be allowed to play in the Women's Series and pick up extra events elsewhere. I think that profile raising for the game will be better served there than on floor events in Wigan and Barnsley. Possibly, but... I'm not so sure. I think, I think Fallon. Need, I don't think there's enough in the women's series to take her to the next level um, at the moment. With how it is, I don't think it's she's going to improve doing that. I think she does need to be playing the four events against against <coughs> guys. And I, I do think the the card is something she needs because it will only see her go to another level again. I do think we'll see her in the Premier League as well. Um, whether it will be the right thing for it, I'm not sure, but I do think we'll see it um, because at the end of the day, money and profile talks. And if she has a, if she either doesn't get a tour card or has an, an off year in the women's series or whatever it might be, or gets a tour card and doesn't really do anything, then that profile falls away and it is the, she is the biggest draw in the sport right now for casual fans and new fans to the sport and it is probably the time to cash in on that and and bring all those new people in it can differ and there are plenty of people that differ opinion perhaps across the board too warren says the prem students about price out first time he was in it and yellow Klassen and kim hybrex and mensor sulevich and mark webster and stephen bunting uh, yeah. And God knows who else you want to list off on that 
roll call, uh, it is a completely different monster traveling week in, week out, and having to put in those performances against those players. Uh, Lee said he's likely to see James Wade win the World Championships, thinking he might retire straight away if he once did. Not a chance. James Wade is sticking around and he is sticking it to every single person he can possibly find for an entire year going, Haha, look what I've got. <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't shaking my head at him retiring. I was just shaking my head at him <laughs> winning the World Championship. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. You would be absolutely unbearable. If that happens, I will have resigned before he's even done his winner's speech and you will never see me ever again. Hi. Uh, and Sam says it would be nice if the discussion changed from Fallon in the Premier League to showing more women's darts on the TV. The issue is that the PDC for the last 15 to 20 years since they dropped their world championship through lack of commercial viability, I guess, is that the PDC believe that darts is a meritocracy, that sex and, and gender is not an issue in playing darts. They can perform... Men and women can perform at exactly the same level. It's an open sport. The only way you get more women's darts on TV is if more women qualify for the open events that are in the PDC. The WDF or the BDO obviously do have separate women's competitions, but their tournament has just been pushed back to April. Um, so it's going to be a while until we see just an all-women's event on TV. That being said, Eddie Hearn did say that he wants a Women's World Championships in the PDC now as well. Um, how the fans and people would react to having women being able to play in the Open and the Women's, if that becomes a Men's World Championship and that draws a line under women competing against the men, I do not know. Uh, but that is a discussion for another day because for now... That is the end of tonight's show. We're going to cheek a little bit of question time that you normally see on the live lounge to finish as there was just the two of us and we were a little bit further ahead. Jack Taylor, we are not going to say the name of Barney's manager. Go and Google it. I'm not falling for that. Fully aware what his name is, but I'm not saying that on the show. Um, a big, big thank you to our friends at Foil Sports for making this happen. Uh, once again, they're our sponsors. Uh, throughout all of our World Championship coverage. They've been superb all year, and they continue to do so. Check out our social media, including TikTok, uh, Twitter, and our website for the best bets that we can find for you. Sam Tizzle will be bringing you in video form, and he has been on fire a little bit this week. Cammy's picked up a fair few winners so far. Don't forget to follow us across all of our social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find us uh, updating our literally everything we'll give you results on there in graphic form um, there'll be opinions uh, previews of each day session um, and our daily roundup which one of us has to go right now for today um, and uh, thank you very much for watching the show chatting you guys have been amazing and if you're listening to the back this back as a podcast thank you very much for watching and listening and we will speak to you all again once again tomorrow Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.